My name is Laura, and you're listening to LF Photospace, a podcast dedicated to all things photography from my perspective. And today we are going to talk about understanding what shutter speeds are and how these are super duper important for all and any of your photography. One of the most important settings in photography is shutter speed, the other two being aperture and ISO. Shutter speed is responsible for two particular things, changing the brightness of your photo and creating dramatic effects by either freezing action or blurring motion. In the following piece of information, we'll talk a little bit about everything that you need to know about every simple subject about ISOs, apertures, and shutter speed. And so shutter speed exists because of the camera shutter, which is uh, basically in front of the camera sensor and it stays closed until the camera fires. In other words, it stays closed until the camera opens up or the, the lens opens up and actually takes the picture, okay? So when the camera fires, the shutter opens and it fully exposes the camera sensor to the light that has passed right through your lens. And after the sensor is done collecting that light, the shutter closes immediately. It's almost immediate. It's almost like in a matter of nanoseconds, stopping the light from hitting the sensor until whenever you do it again. Okay. And so the button that fires the camera is also called a shutter or a shutter button because it triggers the shutter to open and close. So those are two things. And this is specifically dedicated to all my beginning photographers, beginner photographers, those that are trying out different cameras or just trying out their camera for the first time. And when we talk about shutter speed, we say, well, what is shutter speed? We understand that it's a sensor. We understand that light goes through, shutter opens, shutter closes, but in Lehman's terms, shutter speed is the length of time that your camera shutter is actually open. And at the same time, it is the length of time that the exposing light falls right into that camera sensor, like I just mentioned. And essentially, it's how long your camera speed um, takes or how long it spends taking a photo. So basically, when you click on that camera shutter or that button, that shutter button, the shutter opens up, it exposes light through that camera sensor, it's specifically when you're actually about to take an image and it's just how long your camera actually spends how much time it spends taking that photo okay and this has um, very important effects on how your image will appear when you use a long shutter speed also known as a slow shutter speed you end up pretty much exposing your sensor for a significant period of time in other words the first big effect of this is called motion blur and if your shutter speed is long, moving subjects in your photo will appear blurred 
uh, pretty much along the direction of motion so basically it'll be like you're photographing in slow motion and this particular effect is used very often in advertisements um, specifically for cars and maybe motorbikes where that specific sense of speed and motion is communicated to the viewer by the intentionally blurring of these moving wheels, anything in motion, tires, whatever the case may be, it captures it that way. And with regards to slow shutter speeds, these are also used to photograph. For example, to photograph the Milky Way, um, when you're photographing at night, or perhaps in dim lighting, and if you're using a tripod, because that means that, remember, if you're using a slow shutter speed and you're photographing in very low light, you can't, it's, it's basically impossible unless you're able to not move for more than 10 to 15 to 20 seconds at a time to be able to hold that camera so steady that you do not run the risk of that image becoming blurry. So that is why a tripod comes in. And what is a tripod? A tripod is a camera holder with three-legged or it's basically a, uh, a stand, a three-legged stand that holds your camera and it allows you to photograph in different low light settings. Okay. And to give you a great example, many landscape photographers tend to intentionally use long shutter speeds to create that sense of motion. So to say on rivers and waterfalls, all the while by keeping everything else completely sharp. So just to give you an idea, um, let's say you're into landscape photography and you happen to photograph waterfall or a waterfall, what that that slow shutter speed will give you is it will allow you to photograph everything around that waterfall in its most sharp condition and the actual water falling will be a little bit blurred because it is actually in motion and it is moving so that is the intention of that use of that slow shutter speed and on the other hand, shutter speed can also be used to do just the opposite. So let's say that you want to freeze motion. This is the other way that it would be used. And if you use it specifically um, at a faster speed, you can eliminate motion even from fast moving objects. For example, birds taking flight or cars driving extremely fast. And if you use a fast shutter speed also, um, while taking pictures of water, perhaps each droplet will hang in the air completely sharp which might not even be visible to your own eyes so if you don't see it but you kind of you're trying to capture that this definite type of speed will catch it for you and as we mentioned with all of the above once you've achieved each one of those specific shutter speeds and you're able to photograph what you want 
um, it's usually just done by controlling it. So what are you doing? You're controlling your shutter speed. So if you're trying to capture fast motion, you know that a faster shutter speed is going to help you accomplish that. If you're trying to capture more of a sharp image and perhaps focus a little bit more on slowing down the motion of anything that's moving in front of you, definitely the slower shutter speed, okay? Um, how we measure shutter speed, let's see. Well, shutter speed is actually measured in fractions of a second and also when they are under a second. So, for example, one-fourth means a quarter of a second, while one over 250 means one two hundred and fiftieth of a second sorry or four milliseconds so we we measure in seconds or half seconds in fractions of seconds and most modern DSLRs actually are fabricated or are manufactured with mirrorless cameras or are actually created without mirrors that can handle the shutter speeds of one to one four thousandths of a speed or at the second fastest while some can handle even quicker speeds of one one eight hundredth of a second perhaps even faster and the opposite can also be accomplished so the longest available shutter speed are most digital single lens reflex cameras or mirrorless cameras is typically 30 seconds. You can use a longer shutter speed by using external remote triggers if necessary. And what are triggers? Triggers are actually additional timers that allow you to capture that type of shutter speed. And what is shutter speed and how does it relate to exposure? Now. The most important effect or the other important effect of shutter speed is solely based on the exposure, which relates to the brightness of an image. Okay, so exposure meaning light, then the speed determines how many seconds you're going to allow that camera lens to open up and capture the lighting, the natural lighting, the effect of that particular image. So if you're using longer shutter speeds, your camera sensor is going to gather a lot of light and the resulting photo will be super, super bright or very bright. Now, by using a quick shutter speed, your camera sensor is only exposed to a small fraction of that light, resulting in a darker photo or perhaps, you know, giving you the ability to, when you edit, to be able to lighten it because you're basically photographing as you see it. And if the effect is to make it a little bit lighter or to enhance the light, the light of that particular shot, then this will allow you to do that as well. And I will definitely post a few options for a quicker shutter speed and longer shutter speed on my page on LF Photo Space on Instagram so you guys can basically see the difference. Now, however, shutter speed is not the only variable that affects the brightness of an image. You have to keep that in mind. There are also um, the focus of the aperture and the ISO and along with the actual brightness of the scene in front of you. So when you have some flexibility or when you're deciding on a shutter speed, you definitely need to pick 
your other settings carefully. So aperture, you ask yourself, what is aperture? Aperture is basically one of the three pillars of photography. So what it means is it's probably one of the most important, okay? Because the way that aperture is defined is, remember, it is the opening in the lens through which the light passes and then that light enters the camera directly. It's an easy concept to understand if you think about how your eyes work. Now remember, as you move between bright and dark environments, the iris in your eyes either expands or shrinks, controlling the size of your pupil. Sorry, And that is how you're able to adapt your eyes to the different light setting, whether you're going indoors, whether you're coming outdoors. So that's just something to keep in mind. And an ISO, Basically, what an ISO or what ISO means is that ISO is one of, again, one of the three other pillars in photography, and it has a major effect on your images. Now, how does your camera's ISO affect your images? Well, basically what it does is, it's basically a camera setting that's going to help you brighten or darken your photo. So as you increase your ISO number, your photos will grow progressively brighter. For that reason, ISO can help you capture images in very dark environments or be more flexible about your aperture and shutter speed settings. Now, if you focus too much on the ISO, that can have consequences, specifically when you're photographing because a photo is taken at too, if a photo is taken at too high of an ISO, Maybe you want to make it a little bit more grainy or you realize that your photo uses the following term. Maybe someone that looks at your image says your photo has a little bit of noise. It actually means that your photo is very grainy. That means that it's not very clear, that it's heavy, and that it's going to be difficult to edit that image in order to make it as clear as you actually took that photo. And in return, you may not be able to use that image if it's too grainy or too noisy. So keep in mind that brightening a photo via the ISO has its trade-offs, okay? You could, you know, only raise your ISO when you're unable to brighten the photo, maybe while using your shutter speed or perhaps even your aperture. So make sure that you understand the difference between all those three because those are three elements that always tend to come together and they very rarely fight each other, in other words, okay? And so, you know, when these two come together, when these three actually, so your ISO, your aperture, and your shutter speed, these, along with the actual brightness of the scene in front of you, will give you some flexibility when you're deciding to pick the specific shutter speed and when you're focusing on all three elements at the same time. And therefore, when we go back to shutter speeds, we can say that that specific shutter speed or the, the shutter speed that you're going to be working with can be a vital tool to capture a photo 
with proper brightness. So let's say that you're outdoors and it's a very sunny day. How you determine that ISO speed will definitely impact how that image is going to come out as opposed to how you're looking at it at the time that you're photographing it, okay? And like I said, on a sunny day, you may need to use a faster shutter speed so that your photo isn't overexposed, meaning that too much light hit the paper or too much light hit the film or overall, the light just overpowers whatever that condition, whatever that situation on that image is at that moment, okay? Now remember that there's two complete opposites. It could either be too bright, like I mentioned before, or it can be a little too dark. So a longer shutter speed may be necessary to avoid a photo that may end up being too dark, which in turn may require using a tripod due to the motion blur from hand holding the camera. So just keep those two things in mind. And for many people, this is the main reason to adjust shutter speed. Okay, you wanna make sure your photos are the proper brightness. So keep in mind, still motion blur and the concerns of that motion blur are very important and please 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 by all means do not overlook that work together because those three elements and those three pillars are the determining factors uh, as to how your images are going to come out now, talking about the difference between fast slow and long shutter speeds a fast shutter speed is typically whatever it takes to freeze the action right so if you're photographing birds, that may be one to one thousand thousand cents of a second or faster, sorry. However, for general photography, definitely slower moving subjects as well. You may be able to take pictures at one to one two hundredth of a second and one to one hundredth of a second or even longer without introducing motion blur. So if your overall end result is to avoid to get any type of motion blur you want to stick between those seconds so one to one two hundredth of a second one one hundredth and even one one thousandth of a second and longer shutter speeds are typically above one second so at which point you're gonna need to use a tripod to get sharper images if that is the case you would definitely use the longer shutter speeds for certain types of low light or night photography or to capture movement intentionally. Keeping that in mind, if anything in your scene is moving, when you're going to use those specific shutter speeds, then they will definitely appear blurry. Now in between the shutter speeds from one hundredth, one one hundredth of a second to a second, you still want to consider these relatively slow all right so between one one hundredth of a second and one second there is a little bit of slowness slowliness that happens or slowness now you may not be able to handle them without introducing camera shake from your hands so specifically you want to use a tripod and close to one second marks now that will allow you perhaps to maybe prevent a little bit of hand shaking or shaking of the camera, but I definitely do not recommend it. And one thing that I strongly suggest, and it very much depends upon your lens, is the f-stops. 
which we'll talk about a little bit later. So for example, um, the Nikon cameras have a specific model which is just the Nikon but it, it photographs between 70 to 200 millimeters at an f point, I'm sorry, an f2.8 stop which is remember that's the aperture size. That is the openness of your shutter speed and the type of lighting, the amount of lighting that it's going to get as you open that shutter speed at that particular speed, all right? And many of the technological advances of today within the lens that can help photographers take pictures are very slow shutter speeds when hand-holding cameras. So without introducing camera shake, you may wanna consider using a tripod or you may want to consider being able to adapt to keeping your hand stabilized or perhaps maybe stabilizing your image. And with respect to other lenses, some of these lenses may or may not have vibration reduction, meaning that if your hand is shaking, if you're photographing and holding your camera with your hand, that you may need to use what we call the reciprocal rule which means that it'll allow you to instead determine how long your shutter speed should be without introducing blur from your camera shake. And it's also important that you know how to hold your camera. So those two things I definitely suggest that you Google and that you find out a little more about um, reciprocal rule and how to hold your camera. You'd be surprised how many people do not understand the concept of holding their camera. And when it comes to setting your shutter speed, most cameras handle shutter speeds automatically by default, meaning that based on the type of lighting that you're photographing in, whether it be outdoors or indoors, many cameras nowadays will do it automatically for you and they'll tell you as you shoot. So as you press, as you slowly press that button, that shutter button, many of the digital numbers that come across your your um, screen as you're looking through that lens, it'll tell you. Many of them, if you purposely put your camera or set your camera on manual, you will be able to do that yourself, but many for the most part do this by default. And so when the camera is set to auto mode or automatic mode, the shutter speed is selected by the camera without your input, meaning that you're able to connect that shutter speed with the aperture and the ISO and it would be automatically taken care of for you. If you want to try it that way, there's nothing wrong, but the purpose of these um, tests and the purpose of these discussions that I have is for you to be able to test them for yourself, see how you feel and put them to use because you want to make sure that you slowly get out of working your camera automatically. If you continue to do it that way, it's fine, but the purpose of you is to learn something and to be able to do it correctly and to develop your own style. So that's my recommendation. Now, if you decide that setting up your shutter speed automatically is great or it works for you, what you want to do, you know, you, you still want to give your manual um, button a try you can still set your shutter speed manually if it's absolutely necessary or if you decide that at some point you want to do that 
um, what you want to do is you want to look at your camera and go to the setting on your camera reading shutter priority or shutter priority mode you choose the shutter speed and the camera automatically selects the aperture for you now a second option is to look at the manual mode or if you want to set your camera on manual you choose both the shutter speed and aperture manually meaning that you will be able to determine based on recommendations based on information based on your self-research how to be able to monitor and to adjust these two manually okay and so within i'm sorry within both modes you can choose to set the iso manually or automatically in most cases i would definitely recommend letting the camera select the correct shutter speed for you because if you're first trying it out and you're not really sure what works this is a great way to start and you can practice now Make sure though that you still watch to be certain that you're not introducing too much motion blur into a photo or even freezing motion that you want to be blurred, okay? You know, what I, what I like to do is I like to determine my lighting in order to focus on that ISO speed, the aperture, and the ISO, and you know, definitely working with aperture priority it's about a 95% of the time that you can do it and that will allow the camera to calculate the shutter speed automatically for you something to definitely consider and when we talk about where we find that shutter speed um, my question to you all is do you know how to find what your camera shutter speed is or what it's set to if so then you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, then it is very easy to find, okay? So on many cameras that have, let's say that top panel on the very right of your camera, if you're holding a uh, digital single lens reflex camera, a DSLR, you'll definitely find it on the right-hand side on the top, and it will be located on the top left corner as let me see right above the image of or right next to the f which is the f-stop of how the opening of that lens will affect that shutter speed so if you have a nikon it's going to show on that panel on the very top left hand side and the panel is actually on your right if you have perhaps a canon it might show on the same area or it might show right behind your lens or the view lens in the back of your camera okay now if your camera does not have an, an LCD top like many like a few entry-level DSLRs don't have you can look through the viewfinder like I mentioned before and you'll automatically see the digital numbers match based on setting your settings on that camera to automatic until you learn how to do it yourself now when the shutter speed is longer than or equal to one second you will see something like one or five with a quotation sign to indicate a full second now if you still cannot find the shutter speed then what you want to do is you want to set your camera to aperture priority mood or mode and make sure that you have turned the auto iso off meaning that 
Once you start pointing around your camera from dark to bright areas, it'll help because the number will change with the shutter speed that you are going to use. Okay? And so I know many of you may have a few questions, so I kind of jotted down a couple of questions that are the most frequently asked. And I know some of these, I'll review some of these, but if you happen to have more or if you want to share a little more information with us or with me, I'm happy to take on and let you explain things to me the way that you've seen and what your experiences have been. But let's get started. Now, what is a slow shutter speed? And I'll reiterate it. A slow shutter speed is typically around one second or longer. In comparison, a slow shutter speed can refer to a fraction of a second, like one half or one fourth. And now what is a fast shutter speed? A fast shutter speed is often referred to as the shutter speed that is fast enough to freeze action. Keep that in mind. So typically, many of us photographers refer to small fractions of a second, such as one 250th of a second or a second or faster when talking about fast shutter speed. Now, how do you find your shutter speed? Your shutter speed is actually often displayed on your camera's top or rear LCD as a number or a fraction. So make sure you look out for that. Now, if you, ha if you have pressed the shutter release, then move your camera toward a brighter area, you'll see that the number that changes is typically your shutter speed. So you can see that through your viewfinder, like I mentioned before. Now, what can be the faster shutter speed that you can use your camera, that you can use on your camera? Well, I would say that that definitely depends on the camera's capabilities. So keep in mind that most DSLRs and mirrorless cameras can shoot as fast as one, 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 one four thousandths of a second using the mechanical shutter so keep that in mind okay some of the more advanced cameras um, often can shoot as fast as one eight thousandths of a second with mechanical shutters okay and they can even shoot faster when using electronic shutters meaning that if those are battery operated if it's an enhancement for your shutter speed it all depends on that and how is shutter speed written well as far as i know it's always been written in seconds or a fraction of a second so for example a one second shutter speed is typically displayed as a single number with a quote sign or a letter s as the end of it such as one or one s whereas the other fraction of a second such as one 250th of a second is typically displayed as 1 slash 250 or simply 250 on most cameras. Another typically asked question is what is the best shutter speed? Now, there is no such thing as the best shutter speed. That really and definitely depends on what you're trying to achieve with your photography, what you're trying to shoot, and what is the subject that you're shooting. So that definitely depends on you as a photographer. Now, how do you change the shutter speed on your phone? Um, well, while most smartphones do allow you to change the shutter speed using the uh, built-in phone app, many of these require installing a third-party camera or a third-party camera app that will allow you to make those changes to that shutter speed located in your either your smartphone, your iPhone, whatever the case may be, 
and then if you use your iPhone try to um, some there are some apps that you can try there's one in particular that I've tried in the past called camera plus you definitely want to check that out and see if that would work for you to allow you to be able to mix and match and work around your shutter speed to be able to change it okay and so with that i say i hope that that information has helped you a little bit in better understanding shutter speeds better understanding your aperture and also better understanding your iso i hope that this information is useful and that you're able to put it to good use and again if you guys have any questions if you have any suggestions if there's stuff that you want to learn more in depth details about if you want to learn more you want to know more you have anything that you think we may be able to cover during our podcast sessions please feel free to send those to me you can call us you can send us an email at laophotographs at gmail.com you're more than welcome to reach me on my instagram page under lf photospace and send suggestions communicate i'm open to any and all suggestions and as always we are here to have a good time we are here to openly discuss anything related to photography if there's stuff that you feel that i'm not fully covering also let us know and i'm happy to do that for you as well okay so until next time please stay safe make sure you photograph the hell out of anything that you find interesting and No matter what anyone says, your photos are you and you are unique and so are they. All right, so guys, have a good night and we'll see you on the next one.